0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, and good morning to those in the world that are not of Christ. I'm just reading this morning, Acts 15. And what I love about the book of Acts, it just, it's just basically Mark, sorry Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all together amongst all the works that were going on after Jesus, after him rising from the dead and ascending to heaven. It's just amazing, all the work that comes together in this book. It's just powerful. But what I want to touch on is Acts 15, verse 1. And it says, a certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren. Unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. You see, you've got people in this world that say that, you know, the law of Moses, we still come under and we've got to abide by the law of Moses. We've got to emphasize the Torah and we've got to do this and we do that. These are Christians, Western Christians, as much as the Jewish, Jews themselves. And I've got news for you, pal. You don't. You either come under the blood. Or you come under the law if you come a little under the law of Moses, you fall from grace. You either come under the blood or you come under Moses. You come under Moses, like I said, you fall from grace, you are go to hell. You come under Jesus and his new covenant in his blood, which is the New Testament, starting in Matthew. And the gift of salvation, the gift of eternity, is a gift to you from the Father. So if you turn away. From your sin, you turn away from who you want you once were, and you become born again of spirits and sorry, born again of water and spirit in John 3 5. You're baptized in water so the spirit can enter you. Right? Once you are in that, then God gives you the gift of eternal life, and you're following Jesus for the rest of your life, and you will go to heaven. Not via your works or your good deeds, your works in the faith are rewards in heaven, they're not a substitute. For your proper repentance. Or your genuine repentance. It's genuine repentance. Genuine sorriness. The reason why the Father is going to give you that eternal um, salvation. Because he knows you can't do it. We we as humans have failed. Since Adam and Eve to please God. So he's gone to himself. Well I love my children. I love those who genuinely will repent. And those who want to be with me. I will send them a saviour. 4,000 years later, he sends Jesus Christ. Moses was the first, I wouldn't say our Saviour like Jesus, nothing like Jesus, of course, because Jesus was God. But the first one was Moses and the Ten Commandments and getting them out of Israel and bringing them into the Promised Land. And then 2,000 years later, Jesus has been prophesied for all the prophets to to save the people in the world from their sins, to save the Gentiles and Jews from their sins. Galatians 2 verses 15 to 21 talks about um, that you're not justified by the um, works of the law. You're only justified by the act of Jesus on the cross. You're justified by faith in him. You're justified by walking after him. You're not justified by the law. And I know people that I've met on my path. The Lord has brought a lot of people in error to me to show me the error they're in. And one in particular is part of the Seventh-day Adventist church. And that church is severely in trouble. Like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses, they're in serious trouble. And when you challenge them on certain scriptures, like the Jehovah's, you say, well, Jesus says he was God. They'll say, no, he didn't. Uh, John 2.19, John 8.58. You know, there's lots of stuff. Uh, Luke 10.18, Jesus proclaims he's God. You know, he says, I am in John 8.58. So when you look at scripture in context, it's powerful. And we've got to be very careful that when we're out there in the world, that we don't teach burden to people. You know, when you read from verse 1 all the way down, um, it comes down to verse 12. Then all the multitudes kept silence and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the Gentiles. You know, and it's just, we've got to be so careful. And... Those who are actually seeking the Lord in the spirit will see the truth. They will see that they walk after God in faith. They don't come under the Ten Commandment law. Now, the Ten Commandment law, the Ten Commandments, they're in our hearts. They always have been the moment we were born. They're always there. Right. And we strive to do the the right thing by following Jesus. But when we make a mistake... And we will make mistakes. I do. My the disciple that I've brought along and baptized in the last two months, he's made mistakes. He's going to make loads more. And so will all of you. You're going to trip. You're going to stumble. You're going to sin. You're going to do all sorts. But the point is, when you do it like I've done it, you turn around to the Father. You acknowledge it on your knees or whatever situation you're in, you bring it to his attention in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm sorry for what I've done. Please forgive me by the blood of Jesus and mean it from your heart. And he forgives you. Because he knows you're weak. He knows that we're incor- we're corruptible. He we knows that our bodies are getting old and getting sick. Right? But it's the soul that he's saving through the blood of Jesus. That's what cleanses you spiritually, the blood. Your body will be maintained by yourself and guidance by the Lord, like me. You know, I was uh, three years ago, I was literally on the verge of type 2 diabetes. The Lord pulled me away from that. And I've completely steered the other way. And I'm 10 times healthier than I was two, three years ago. However... My body still feels the after effect of my liver damage. You know, I've got insulin resistance. Now, there's a doctor called Dr. Eric Berg who says you can reverse it within two years. I don't think you can because most foods we eat today have got sugar. So the body's always going to struggle. That's the weakness. That's the fall from the beginning. As we get older, we get sicker. You know, you notice a baby when it's born, it's full of growth hormone, right? And it just, it gets injured, it heals instantly. And that all, that continues way up to about your mid-20s. And then it starts to veer off towards your late 20s. I noticed when I was I was at the top of my game in sport and in the military, I noticed towards the end of my late 20s, 28, 29, on to 30, things were starting to slow down. And when I got to my early 30s, I started getting injuries, you know, and my health took a turn for the worse. Now, you imagine from the beginning of Adam and Eve. They never got sick. So you would have all these sports. You, well, I wouldn't say sports because that is man-made. But you would have all sorts of say, like rock climbing or whatever sport, a sort of not sport, but activities, right, that you can enjoy, because God wants us to enjoy these things in the right way, not in a perverted way that is today, and if we got sick, which I doubt we would, because we have eternal bodies, but I think, you know, personally, I think we still feel pain, if we fell over and broke an ankle, we'd feel it, but we'd heal instantly, you know, sort it sort of keeps us safe, in a sense, in some respects, but teaches us many things, anyway don't want to veer off the track the law a christian who's walking after jesus christ of nazareth is not under law you keep his two great commandments love me with all your heart soul and might love your neighbors yourself these are two great commandments which all the ten prophet all the ten commandments and prophets hold together on the second commandment right so how does that work you keep your eyes focused on jesus christ in prayer reading the word and your heart wants to chase after him the Spirit of God who's come in you after your water baptism, John 3, 3, John 3, 4, and 3, 5, right? Then you keep your eyes focused on the Lord and the Spirit does the work inside you because you can't change yourself. If you try to change, you will fail. If you try this and try that and you try your oh, hardest, you will fail. There's this, this guy I know who's a seven-day eventist. He tries all the time. He keeps the Sabbath by six o'clock on a Friday night. He must be ready. They must be ready. Oh, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. No, that's law. That's works. You cannot use your works to substitute your wickedness. Um, when he got brought on my path, he, um, he met my half-sister, who was um, lost at the time. She did come through the Church of England, but they made a mess of it. The law sent me in to vandalize them, bring them on the path. But later on, I introduced them to this guy. And I won't mention his name because he's in a lot of error. But I still care about him dearly as an evangelist. And I really want to help him. But his arrogance is beyond I think what I can help him with. Anyway, only the Lord can help him. And he was saying things behind my back to my half-sister. That was an abominable. And I mean wicked. And when I found out about it, I was like, did he really say that? And I looked you in the eye. And yeah, she did. And even her husband, that was a husband-to-be at the time... He was disgusted, right? And I thought, wow, and I challenged him. And the guilt that came out of him in his car park in Sainsbury's, I think about a couple of weeks later, I challenged him on all this. He went silent. The guilt was priceless. i tell you this conviction of the spirit came through me and convicted him, but he's because he's not walking with the Lord. He thinks he is, but he's actually not. Because when you look at him as a person and his life, he's terribly unblessed. He's a hoarder. Now, hoarding is demonic right his health is demonically controlled and he thinks he's following the law. he knows the bible very well in the old testament and a lot of people do but someone who knows the bible doesn't mean they're saved because satan can use that person to his advantage. he can get that person to twist and turn the scriptures to confuse people and because i am as strong as i am in my faith as an evangelist only glory to god the only person who's made me strong is jesus not me because of jesus I could challenge him because of Jesus he was speaking through me convicting him left right and center but he didn't want to listen there was a time that he gave me a vision he actually gave him a vision and I confirmed it but he still won't listen because of his arrogance and his pride the sad thing is he'll go before God one day and if he doesn't repent and follow Jesus properly he will go to hell he will go to hell to be held and then he'll be finally judged and thrown into a lake of fire and that's what will happen to millions and millions of people I'm talking millions not thousands millions of people christians non-believers hebrew 6 says you can easily walk away from the lord hebrews 10 26 there cannot be a sacrifice for your sin any longer for those who live in sin and know the truth they live in sin they live in wickedness they cannot be a sacrifice for your wickedness anymore god cannot jesus cannot die for you twice he died for you once so i want to make it very clear to all of you you are either under the law well, you are under jesus if you're under law you're condemned straight away because the Moses ten commandments of moses have been done away with you're not under them you're under jesus god who became flesh in mary walked as walked in the likeness of man healed did miracles did his ministry and died on a cross suffering beyond more than you can imagine that that man jesus he was wrongfully accused he was lied about persecuted spat at, abused you name it so you could live that's how much God loves you. And I get really upset when I start thinking about what he has actually done for me. And so should you. You should meditate on that man. Meditate on Jesus. On the wonderful human being that he was. God in the flesh who come down from the heavens, who had all the power of everything. Has come down to be in a body that is in the likeness of sinful flesh. Right? Washes feet. Did you know in Jesus' day right washing feet was the lowest of the low you couldn't get any further lower than that and that's what jesus was saying you have to humble yourself to follow me that's why he said another thing this brother i want to oh, say sorry, sorry he's not a brother um the seven day Adventist. another thing that he does in their church the seven day Adventist church they emphasize the washing of feet to humble yourself what they completely missed the whole point of the washing of the feet was a symbolic spiritual act it's not a physical act they do it physically because everything they do is physical under the law. We must prepare for six o'clock. We must do this. We must do that. We must act like this. We must say that. It's all in the physical. The things in the physical are going to fall away and die. You, nothing you do is spiritual. The whole Bible is spiritual. Ephesians 6, the armor guard, the whole armor and the web, spiritual weapons are spiritual. They're not physical. You're not running around with shield and armor on your head 24-7, are you, with a spear trying to fight visible entities no it's spiritual how do you fight them through prayer and fasting reading the word speaking in tongues that's the way you deal with them and that's the power we have luke 10 18. i need to emphasize the importance of this it's an abomination to god to think any other way you know i need to emphasize the importance of What i'm saying about the law now because those who come under it will go to hell you come under the blood of jesus christ he did it all on the cross and like i was just saying sorry i was slightly distracted there was something i want you to meditate on that man i want you to meditate on jesus shut your eyes and i want you to do this now shut your eyes and i want you to picture that there was a man sent from heaven the father To walk on this earth to help people to love people to show people the right way the only way he was taken before a congregation who lied about him the pharisees started all of this off people say that it was the pharisees that killed him no it was the pharisees and the gentiles that killed him 50 50 it's not you can't blame one or the other that's what people do so you look at this picture that he's standing there he's been accused of things he hasn't done He's been lied about, he's been spat at, he's been mocked, he's been beaten, he's been whipped, he's been abused, he's been rejected. The most hurtful thing, rejected by his own people. Now you just imagine that person who died for you, who's going to a cross for you. He's standing there, Pontius Pilate doesn't want to sentence him. His wife has already warned Pontius, don't send send this man down, don't do what you're going to do. But he's got no choice. Because of the circumstances that were around him that I'm not going into now. But I want you to focus on Jesus. He's standing there covered in blood because he's been beaten and abused by the guards. He's been accused of things he hasn't done. All he's done is love people, told the truth left, right and centre. And he's prepared to keep silent for you. He knows he has to go to that cross. He's led out and he's beaten and mocked, beaten and whipped, spat at abused in every way you could think of. What he went through is one of the worst ways of dying ever. And he went to a cross on a hill, Calvary. Now, this robe of him around his his, um, genitals, the, the fantastic robe you see in the movies and on pictures, well, there was no such robe around him, actually. You can imagine them getting a hammer or something and beating him on his genitals. The pain that he went through physically. Yes, they mocked him. They abused him. His face was disfigured. Skin torn to pieces. There was not one broken bone, but torn to shreds, bleeding out. And then they tried feeding him wine. Imagine imagine drinking wine with a cut lip. I mean, just imagine that. I mean, it, the wine was had more symbolic meaning anyway, but it's not about that. You just think about the abuse he went through for you. And there's you running around, living in sin. There's you running around, coming under the law, saying, well, basically what Jesus did wasn't good enough. Because that's what you're doing when you say you're keeping a Ten. Not one person can keep the Ten Commandments, ever. This is the whole point. Why God brought the sacrificial system in. Because you just can't keep the law. Because you just constantly sin. And this is what was going on before Jesus turned up. People were sinning that bad, right? They didn't have the money or the, the ways of getting these animals to sacrifice for the sin. So this is why God sent a saviour to save them from their sins, to die die on a cross once and for all. And the angel in heaven said, it is finished. That means when Jesus died on the cross, the veil tore. Right. That's it. The sacrificial system come under law is done. We come under Jesus. Now we answer to him one on one. You answer to him. And I'll tell you this. Every one of you out there will answer to Jesus. You will answer to him on your day. And if you think like a Calvinist and their wicked thinking that you will get into heaven, you'll be judged. And no matter what you've done, you're going to go to heaven anyway. Where does it say that in Scripture? Because you Calvinists are deceived beyond belief, just like the Mormons and Jehovah's. You are severely in trouble. You live in sin. You do not belong to God. You're workers of iniquity. You're unrighteous. 1 John 3 makes that clear. Romans makes that clear. Bible makes that clear or everywhere, those who live in sin. There's a difference between sinning and living in it. God will take you to the edge of what, with you, what you can withstand. And you have a choice because you have a free will to turn left or right. The left road is good, the right road is bad. Which one do you want to take? You live in lies, you are a child of Satan. That's what the Bible says. He is the father of lies. Jesus said this in John 8. That Jesus is the father of lies. The liar from the beginning, the liar forever. And you choose to follow that. You choose to live in that. You're wicked. You don't belong to God. You belong to Satan. You're deceived. I met someone recently who's part of the Salvation Army. I've known her for, for a couple of months now since she's been working where I live. She says, oh, I'm a Christian. When I look at her in the spirit, the spirit says to me, she's not mine. She doesn't belong to me she's just she's just a religious person see this is the essence of what people think they are in the west i'm a christian really you follow christ do you yeah yeah yeah, yeah i follow christ you're born again uh but, but, but she's, she well we don't believe in that what do you mean you don't believe in it jesus is telling you to do something what jesus says you do jesus is the chief commander and that's how they go in the salvation Army by, by ranking like that jesus is the chief you do what he tells you to do he's the high priest he guides you or you will go to hell Simple as that. And in John 3, 5, you must be born again of water and spirit to inherit the kingdom of God. You must be baptised in water and you must have the spirit inside you to enter the kingdom of God. So by by them not accepting not just that scripture, but many others, you're not accepting the whole Bible. The whole Bible is Jesus in the Word. John 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is the Word. It is not, if there's one word or one letter you don't accept in the whole Bible, you don't accept Jesus. You do as you're told. And those who belong to him will do it. She doesn't belong to him. She's heading to hell. If she died now, because she has a motorcycle, say, she died on her motorcycle, she'd go to hell. She'd never go to heaven. You're going straight there, mate. Because you're living in sin. You're denying Jesus the glory he deserves. And you're going to God with conditions. This is what I don't get. You're going to God with a condition. Well, I don't agree with this, and I don't agree with that. Really? Yeah, God's going to say, yeah, okay, I'm going to listen to you, someone who lives in sin, Sony denied my grace, denied my love. And you think I'm going to listen to what your opinion is. She is a woman, right? And women have this biggest problem out of men. I mean, today, I'd say it's 50-50, but women have always had that problem of authority with men. But that's because of the big fall at the beginning all the way through to the now. Jesus tells you what to do, you'll do it. If you don't, well, you are going to hell. Simple as that. So, you know, what came to me, a lot of people believe there's nothing that, you can, there's nothing that can cause you to lose your salvation. Well, there is. You accept the mark in Revelations 14, or you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, which is in the book of Mark. I think it's Mark 1 or Mark 3, I can't remember now. You blaspheme the Holy Spirit, or you receive the mark on, of the beast in Revelations 14, you will go to hell. Well, actually, Jesus will torment you. In Revelations 14, verse 9, it says, if you receive the mark of the beast and worship his image, you will be tormented in front of the Lamb of God and the holy angels. Right? Not only are you going to lose your salvation, you're going to get tormented by him. Read scripture. Because I tell you this, as an evangelist, I will proclaim this gospel to the world and I'll tell everyone the truth. I don't care what comes up against me. I'm not interested about my life. I will stand in front of a whole nation with a microphone and tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. He said it himself, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 14:6 Jesus said also, I can't remember now, John 6, 4, 4, um, Jesus, is, Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father sent them. So you can't come to Jesus unless the Father sent you already. A, it, honestly, I, I just, sometimes I think to myself, people are so deceived, where are their hearts? They live in sin, they do this, they do that. And I'm looking and thinking, well, where does it say in Scripture you can do that? You know, you just don't know God at all. God literally chose me, and I'm not boasting on me, I'm boasting on Him. He chose me for a reason because He knows I want to twist the wood, He knows I want to sugarcoat it, I'll tell you the truth. And I don't particularly care what people think. And you might think, well, that's arrogance. It's not arrogance. It's the fact is, I've got a job to do. Same job that Moses had, the same job that Paul had, same job that Elijah had and Ezekiel had. And guess what? They have all picked for specific reasons. For their unique qualities these were all men real men of god not the ones i see today are like a bunch of soy boys honestly it's, it's ridiculous how many men have i met since i've been saved probably two and i've met hundreds and hundreds of people right and them two men were actually men of god they had their faults like i've got my faults but the point is our hearts are for delivering the truth not delivering the twisted sugar coated version of it and that's what most of you today want and i'll tell you straight If you don't come under Jesus, you don't follow Jesus, you don't do what he tells you to do throughout the whole four epistles, including Acts, right? I'll tell you this, you're going to hell. Finished. You do what he tells you to do, right? He loves you, and you're going to make mistakes. You're going to trip. You're going to stumble. I said this at the beginning. You may even veer off the track, and he will leave the pack and go after you because he loves you. 100%. You can make mistake, mistake, mistake. As long as your heart's for him and he knows whose hearts belong to him, he will come after you and he will keep you on that track. And as people say, well, you can't lose your salvation. Yes, you can. That's John. They, the Calvinists use John 10 to John 14 and then they leave it as there. And I go, okay, well, then read John 15. John 15 makes it very clear. You don't abide in Jesus and you don't bear any fruit. The Father cuts you off and throws you into the fire. I wonder what that means. So it kind of contradicts everything that they believe from John 10 to John 14. That's why you've got to read everything in context. There's another brother I know who had a gift of healing or putting his hands on people. Well, I read scripture the other day that was given. Bear with me, I find it. Find it here right now, but it's in the book of Acts. And basically, the gifts that are given to you are gifts that are given by God, and they only work when God works through you, right? So if He says to you, "I want you to heal this person," put your hands on them, and this is basically what Paul was doing. That's only recent, actually. Um, This is very close to what I'm reading now. In my previous podcast, I mentioned it anyway, about the gifts that are given. And what I want to emphasize is that people say, well, I'm a Christian, I can heal people. No, scripture doesn't say that. Right. You're taking scripture out of context. Show me where it says that. It doesn't. What it means is if that, say, for example, God has given me the gift of demon removal and prophecy, but doesn't mean I have it 24-7. It means that when God wants to use you, or he says to me, Steve, I want you to cast this demon out of this person, which I've had before, right? Then it will happen. I am a vessel being used for his glory. It's not our glory. And a lot of you seem to think that you have the power to cast out demons and heal people. I guarantee it right now. If that's your ministry, you could walk into a town center. And if I went up to it and said, right, there's three people that are disabled. Go and touch them and heal them. You'd probably say, yeah. No, you can't. Because they could say, no, I don't want you to touch me. No, I don't want you healing. And what are you going to do then? You can't evade their free will. You can't tell them what to do. They have a free will. This is what people do. They take everything out of context. Everything as usual. Anyway, so I'm going to finish up here and make it clear about the law. You come under Jesus or you come under the Ten Commandments. You don't come under both. Galatians 2 verses 15 and 21 makes that very clear. Um... And I hope that all of you will listen to Jesus, that you're under his blood, that you are to walk in faith, that you are to follow him through prayer, reading the word and fasting and speaking in tongues if you've got that, right? And when you do that, God will love you not only more and more and more and more because you're trusting in him and having faith in him to complete the work in you, not via your wicked works because a lot of people think their deeds are going to get them saved, like the Catholics, the Methodists. Jehovah's Witnesses, well, they're completely deceived. They're not Christians anyway. Jehovah's Mormons are not Christians. They think they are. They're not. They are. I mean, think about it. They call themselves Christians, right? They deny Jesus being God, right? So when they see him, they're going to answer to him and they call themselves Christians. I mean, it's just laughable, really, when you think about how stupidly deceived they are. But this is the world we live in. This is who people are. So I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, follow this message, the Lord, please open people's eyes that they are under you, Jesus, that you have done it all on the cross. Everything you did was because of you, Jesus, not because of us and our works. I thank you, Father, for what you've done. And I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, because what you did, Jesus, on the cross was unique, was perfect, was sovereign, was exclusive, and no other can ever replace that. Not Buddha, not Hindu, not Allah, these false pagan gods that are going to be destroyed by you and people will follow them and go to hell. I pray, Father, that they'll see you, that you are the only light, that Christians should focus on you fully and trust in you and not their works. I pray in Jesus' name that, Lord, you give people the revelation that the law we keep in our hearts, but we don't come under the Moses' law in the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. We don't come under the Torah. We come under you jesus and your covenant in your blood which is a new testament i pray in jesus name father amen god bless you all bye good morning my brothers and sisters in christ and good morning to those of the world that are not of christ this is a quick add-on onto what i was trying to find in acts acts 14 verse 3 was about the gifts that are given by god and how that we are not um, using them at our free will but they're only an act through God for a specific reason so that it goes here in verse 3 acts 14 Therefore they stay there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace granting Signs and wonders to be done by their hands Granting in other words. He's fully in charge of your gifts 24-7 right he's fully in charge and he can allow you to use them at your will if if, it, if it's in his will. So if you're in a venue and the Lord says, I want you to heal all these people, he'll allow you to do that. But if he doesn't, you'll put your hands on people and they won't be healed. And you'll look pretty stupid, won't you? That's why when you do things for the Lord in healing, casting out demons, you must first acknowledge that he's told you to do it and he's allowing you to do it. Right. Don't think for for reason that you are like the same level as Paul. Sorry, no. Same level as Jesus, healing people freely, willy-nilly. Even Jesus himself didn't heal everybody, right? He healed certain amounts of people. If you look at his ministry, he didn't heal every single person. When he went up to the blind, lame man that was on the floor, the first thing he said to him was, do you want to be healed? So he's asked his permission. Because if he said, no, I don't want you healing, off you go, Jesus, I'm a Muslim, which they wouldn't have Muslims then there then, right? Then Jesus couldn't invade his free will but then later on he went up to him and said you're healed no he said no you were healed on the floor and then later on he went up to him and said go sin no more or worse will come upon you in other words you keep sinning next time you'll be be blind deaf and dumb you know do not live in sin so anyway the gifts are given as a gift right to benefit others and to glorify god not to glorify ourselves god bless you all bye